Hello, friend, and welcome to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You're listening over WIMG 1300. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well, WIMG 1300, and the website, WIMG1300.com. The Trenton 365 Show has a Facebook page. You can also follow it over Twitter, at Trenton365. And if you'd like to send me an email, it's Trenton365show at gmail.com, and then we can get together and we can have some food and drinks and talk about how we can build a better community together. So in the studio with me is Ama, excuse me, Ayana Iman, um, who is an amazing young lady who's doing some awesome things in this region. And when I say this region, I mean New York to Philadelphia. And she's got something that's coming up this, this weekend, Authentic Convos, and we're going to be talking in detail about that, but more about who she is as a person, because it's very important that you get to know who she is. So Ayana, welcome to the Trenton 365 show. Yes, thank you for having me. Awesome. Great. So why don't we get started and talk a little bit about who you are, and then we can get right into talking about your brand, and we can get, get into talking about your event. Okay, perfect. So I was born and raised in Trent, New Jersey. Grew up in the north side. <laughs> I, um, I went to King University undergrad. I just finished my master's program at Rutgers back in May, so I'm very happy about that. Education is very important to me. I am 25, a single mother to one, three years old, sweet baby AO. That's her hashtag. I'm really big on hashtags. Um, and I needed to do that so that I could keep all our photos together. Um, other than that, love to travel, world traveler. Just went to South Africa this year. It was beautiful. Um, and I'm a life coach. So I'm a life coach. I'm a professional speaker. And I'm the creator of Authentic Convos. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So let's get right into talking about the misconceptions of Trenton. Okay. Um, you were saying, um, just before we came on the air, you were talking about, hey, I'm born and raised in Trenton, and then you went in to, to talk a little bit about your education as well and how important that is. Just talk about the misconceptions about Trenton. Okay, so for I'm, I'm from Trenton like I'm from deep Trenton. I'm from Martin Luther King Boulevard, born and raised. I went to all Trenton public schools. Um, so all I know is Trenton in that sense of, of my foundation. And I'm grateful for it because it taught me life skills. It taught me common sense. It taught me to work hard. Um, and I think that people, the biggest misconception about Trenton is that, that Trenton is dead. There are so many people that are thriving here in the arts community that are thriving here um, in just philanthropic communities all over. And we're also very global people. And so it's such a beautiful thing. I actually saw my cousin who's from Trenton in South Africa, who's becoming a doctor. And we hadn't seen each other here, but we saw each other there. So it's important for me to showcase um, di the, di the dynamics of what Trenton is, the power that we hold, um, and just letting people know that although the, the statistics or what the news may show is violence and crime, my friends and the people that I hang around are all abundant in many ways. We're wealthy in many ways. Uh, we're edu all educated, all well-traveled, and we're really about the community and coming together and promoting ourselves and each other um, and just building love. Mm -hmm. and, and I love how you put that because, I, again, part of the misconception is that people always, not always, Oftentimes, people like to put other people in boxes for either their own benefit or because they think that they're doing it for the benefit of someone else. And I love that you're smashing that misconception. What made you want to become a life coach in addition to your education and, and the other things that you've been doing? 
Um, well, through a lot of decisions that I made as, as a woman, as a young woman, I made a lot of missteps, um, whether it was in relationships, decisions that I've made. Um, and so I actually had to work through them. So at 23, I went to counseling. Um, I was leaving a bad relationship. I was a single mom. And I was just in a place where I needed to build myself back up. And so in the black community, especially, some of us don't think that um, going to therapy is needed. We think that Jesus will take care of it. And that's great. I'm very spiritual. I grew up Christian. I'm, I'm really in a spiritual space at the moment. However, you sometimes need to go to, to these professionals to talk about your problems, to clear any cobwebs, and to help you break cycles. So I went to counseling at 23, and I said, I want to break this cycle of choosing the wrong men mm. because it affected me. Um, and so I sat there and I think we did maybe four or five weeks sessions. And, um, through those sessions, I was able to get into grad school. I was able to leave that relationship. I was able to find myself and just flourish in other areas of my life. And so because of that, I, um, I went to England last year with my daughter, um, and I was still in grad school, but I really just needed to get away. My father's from England, and I decided to kind of go see him, take my daughter, um, and just kind of be in a new space. And even though I was in a new relationship, I needed to know that I was strong. And so because of that, I started sharing my story online, first Instagram and then across all platforms. And I built a tribe, a digital tribe. And I just shared with women um, the power of our thoughts, the power of the space, um, about raising your vibrations when you go in new locations, um, being able to be um, you know, codependent, but be independent in yourselves and your thoughts, being able to self-love. And I came back with a new lease on life. I came back and I got myself focused. I got my own place and I got a new car and I, and I just put my, my thoughts into action and it, it manifested something beautiful. I was able to create authentic convos. And because of that, I realized that I really had the space to help others. So through blog posts, I did it first and I decided to take a step further, become a life coach. I did it in May literally graduated Thursday and was in my life coaching certs that Friday for like three days, eight hours a day um, with continuous education. Mm -hmm. So I, I literally had two graduations and <laughs> it was a very long weekend. There was no celebration. It was just back to back. And I did it and I'm actually launching my practice in January. That's fantastic. Yeah. Ayana, what is, what's the best way for people to find out about what you're doing and if they want to connect with you? Um, across all platforms, mm -hmm. social media, and my website, it's Ayana Iman. So it's A-Y-A-N-A-I-M-A-N.com or on any social platform. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. You know, I'm excited for you. I mean, you mentioned a couple of things um, about your digital tribe and that you were creating a platform where you could have uh, conversations with women specifically. Mm -hmm. But I want to wave my hand and tell you, tell you that I was immediately drawn to what you were doing for several reasons. Um, not only your presentation, but the fact that you, you're from Tratton, um, I, knew, I know your mother, but in addition to that, that you're focusing on an element and you're putting a lot of information out that I think that um, the people of color have a tendency to always want to hide behind this or be in the shadows with, like with the mental health issue in seeking counseling. What led you to do that? I mean, because that's, uh, as a young person, taking those steps to do that is sometimes a little difficult, I'm sure. Um, well, I actually went to relationship counseling, but I was the only one on the couch. And so I went there to 
try you know you have this little family you're a young person but you understand the concept of family you understand togetherness and that if we work through these issues we can give our child a better life and stability and so foundations were so important for me and um, even with all the craziness in my, and chaos in my relationship, I still wanted to give our child a two-parent home. So for me, I felt like if we went to counseling and we did the work, we could fix and mend any of the bad communication or anything that was broken. Um, so I went to counseling. I was the only one on the couch, and I remained the only one on the couch. And that was enough for me to kind of catapult where I was to where I am now. Um, it also was something I needed to do because I realized I was the common denominator in all my relationships and so I'm like well I'm doing something wrong I'm choosing the wrong people and it might I might not be in a space where I need to be in a relationship mother or not sometimes you have to choose you and so I end up choosing me me and myself and I end up choosing my daughter and to focus on us and um, it worked out perfectly mm-hmm. now I, I was taking a note there and I always like to find uh, similarities in my life, in the lives of others. Mm-hmm. And uh, taking this step to seek counseling, to me, is extremely important. I wish more people would do that. If that counseling means going for an extended amount of time, if you need to have medication, then yeah. to go in that, to progress in that direction. But breaking the chains of bondage or mending fences with relationships that you didn't have or that that you missed how has that worked in your life and and i'm speaking specifically from from me and my generation i didn't have a strong relationship with my father he was there but he was like not there you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like he was he was very busy with working and being a provider but not necessarily being that father who is is teaching me life lessons about how to be a man and and what it means to be involved in a relationship and to be active in in lots of different things socially. So I'm hearing from you that you've taken a lot of those similar steps that I have, Mm -hmm. but it sounds as though that you've done that on your own to some extent. And from a female's perspective, I'd like to know what your thought is. Yeah, well, nobody told me to go to counseling, especially not at that young age. But having a daughter, it kind of matures you. And I kind of saw what was wrong. And, I mean, you speaking about your father and your relationships with your parents, same thing with me. My parents are very loving people. I grew up in a very loving household with two parents while I was a child. But I think about the age of 10 or 9, I'm not sure the exact age, um, my dad was no longer in the house. So I grew up in a predominantly single-parent home. Mm. Although my father was loving and I knew who he was, we didn't live in the same country. So it was phone calls and FaceTime calls, and that's how I saw my dad. But I also studied abroad there to build a better relationship Mm -hmm. that was physical and not just over the phone. As far as my mother, she's always instilled in me the power of self and making clear and and, and definite decisions um, for empowerment. So just learning that and understanding that no matter what my family dynamic looked like, all that mattered was love. So even though I was choosing to leave a, bro- a bad relationship, all that mattered was love when it came to me and my child. She was not going to lack anything. And so when I understood that, I was able to take those steps. I was able to do the work. I was able to sit on a stranger's couch and tell him my innermost thoughts and just learn about myself. So hearing actually everything that I had gone through, it was almost like, why, are you, why were you sitting there? Why did you go through that? And I think that's all I really needed to do was say it out loud to someone that did that wasn't biased and for him to just ask me the question why do you stay or why do you continue this and then it really I realized that it had nothing to really do with the other party it was about my actions of being there my actions of of staying or my actions of coddling and 
what I did. So I had to actually put the onus on me and take back the control. Mm -hmm. And kudos to you for doing that and also to sharing that. Why feel the need to share this with a larger group of people and, and open up your life and your life experiences to others? Why? I'm a storyteller. I'm a storyteller. Um, I love fictional books. Um, but at the end of the day, I like to, to tell stories, true stories. Um, I like to tell stories about my life. I like to tell stories through photos. Um, if I'm somewhere and I see something beautiful, I like to share it. I'm all about gratitude. Um, so I read a lot of books on gratitude and about, uh, especially with The Alchemist, the personal legend. So me going to England was my personal legend for two months. I was gone with my daughter and we did a bit of traveling. And it, it wasn't costly in the fact that I was I was everywhere. I was in a family's home, but I was able to kind of go out, smell fresh air, and it was something that I needed to do to remember that I wasn't dead, that I was mm -hmm. that I still had so much life to live, and that's what I needed at that moment, mm -hmm. um, because my inner thoughts were grim. It didn't feel like I was progressive in any way, or that the life that I painted for myself at 18, I wasn't there at 22, and 23, and so I. I tell stories to help uplift others. I tell stories to help them cultivate a life of abundance. I tell stories because I understand that even if I reach one person, I did my job. And I under I also understand that God instills in you a purpose. And my purpose, as it's been unfolding over the last year, is to inspire others. And that's one of my first affirmations I put on my wall. Actually, the first one was I am love. And then after that, it was I inspire others. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no platform. I didn't talk to anybody um, but this is actually a confidence building um, project for me um, never really been quite talkative always been about and you know into myself insular but I've also done things behind closed doors where I'm always two different people the out person that's behind closed door and the person that you see in public and this is me actually being the most transparent I've ever been in my life Hmm. You touched on something that I wanted to ask you about, and it was your level of confidence. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're one of those people, in my opinion, when you walk into a space, regardless of how large it is, you own that space and you demand something, and it's an aura. And I think that it, that's something that, that needs to be uh, nurtured, and it's obvious that it's something that you probably had at a young age, but it's coming out more and more now, I would say. Just speak about the confidence that you have. Um. That's true. I remember a professor of mine, I wrote something. It was my senior year. And I remember because when I came back from England the first time, I went to study abroad. I, I left another broken relationship. I was young. I was very young. But when I came back, I came back stronger and more confident. So my first three years of college, I was quiet. I was a shadow. I was a, a shadow of myself. I wasn't who I really was. And I was hiding behind Ugg boots and sweatpants. And then I came back and I owned my power. And my professor described me as dynamic. And I realized that a lot of people in the room weren't feeling me because he was always expressing um, his opinions towards me. And that was one of the words he used, dynamic. And it became one of my favorite words because it was just like, wow, I'm always striving, always pushing. You walk into the room and, and what you own. And so it was something I wasn't comfortable with at all. I wasn't comfortable with it going into my first job. I wasn't comfortable <laughs> with it walking into a space. Um, but it's something that the older I get, the more I own my power. And it's in different forms, whether it's through making money, whether it's through networking. Um, but I've come to appreciate who I am, the woman I am, to own being feminine, to own being beautiful, to own being smart, to own my stories, to own my truths. And as a result of that, I'm able to walk into the room 
um, with the strength of my ancestors, as Oprah says. And I'm able to walk into the room and know exactly why I'm there. I'm able to be quiet and still attract people towards me. Um, it's a confidence builder. Uh, my events, the things that I do, I'm, I'm never not, I'm, I'm never not afraid. Like sometimes I am scared, but I do it anyway. I've learned to jump. And um, it's, if it's for me, it's for me. And I always understand that God has my back. And so if I work through faith, I'm always going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Talk about the balance of faith um, and owning your sexuality and who you are as a person. Yeah. And also owning the challenges that your life and everyone's life has. Um, I I've often tell folks about my life and the peaks and the valleys of it. I mean, I'm, I'm in this transition now where I'm coming out of this very much a valley situation, but I've learned to own that space and that time and the relationships that are here. And I'm looking forward to the progression so that those experiences will help to elevate me when I'm at that mountaintop experience. So uh, what about for you? Um, for me, I, I mean, just to talk about spirituality, grew up Christian, Although a lot of what I do still has that foundational practices, I'm a spiritual person. Mm -hmm. I don't like to abide by certain religions just because when you are a global citizen, you realize there's so much beauty and love and across the spectrum of religions and people and color. However, I do own being a powerful black woman. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to own that. But when it comes to things of sexuality, I think it's just owning who you are. As a, as a young girl, when you grow into womanhood, your body starts to fill out. Um, you start to look different. You start to attract different people. Again, that confidence has taught me that it's okay to own who I am. It's okay to be beautiful and own it. It's a, it's a part of self-love. It's okay to pour into yourself. Um, and it's okay to say that you're attracted to men. It's okay to say that you have a sexual appetite. It's okay because you're human. If you can't own all of that, you're not being authentic to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned authentic. We're going to get into talking about authentic convos in a bit. But I, I want to make sure that, that the listening and viewing audience really gets a, a nice uh, overall perspective of who you are and mm -hmm. the wonderful things that you're doing. And uh, earlier this week, as I was, you know, or last week, as I was trying to uh, promote this a little bit, You've touched on so many of the things that I've had questions that I wanted to uh, mention to you, mm -hmm. like strong black woman. What does that actually mean to you, and what would you like to share with the audience for the folks who may consider that to be uh, uh, something standoffish or off-putting, or they're just ignorant to what you actually mean? Of course. Um, so I think strong black woman sometimes gets typecast as angry black woman. And um, I always tell people this. I always say that um, just because I, I have opinions, but I'm not angry. And but that doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to be angry. I'm a big I'm a firm believer that your emotions are your emotions. If I'm angry, I'm angry. If I'm upset, I'm upset. I'm very clear on that. However, I understand I don't have to remain in that space. And that's the biggest thing that people forget, that emotions are valid. And I think we try to dehumanize the person when they have these feelings. If I'm upset, allow me to be upset. But I don't have to carry that until the next day. And if I do, I'll do it. But that's not that's not the way I live my life because I understand your emotions color your physical self. And I don't want to carry that kind of stress. I don't need high blood pressure. That's just me. <laughs> um, but as far as being a strong black woman, I'm in a, I'm in a lot of spaces that aren't um, around people of color. And when you go there, you don't have to dim your light or dim your blackness to be with them. You're able to be self-accepting and accepting of other people. I have many friends from other cultures, and I respect them. And I don't hate anyone. I just embrace myself. And 
the person that I am is a black woman from the hood, but I'm also a black woman who's educated and a black woman who's well-traveled and a black woman that's been in all type of spaces, all type of um, people from different wealth backgrounds and, and, and different upbringings, um, including black people. There are all types of black people, so it's a typecast. And so it's just me owning my space and I can only be who I am. And that is a strong black woman. And that's who I am at the end of the day, when I wake up, when I go to sleep. Um, but no, I'm not angry. Not at this moment. <laughs> and, and if you are, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. I'll be upset. And I'm open about that. But I also tell people, don't remain in that space because you can't grow there. Nothing can be solved by anger or hate. It always has to be resolved back to love. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to ask you or at least invite you back again mm -hmm. um, because there's so much on my laundry list of things that I'd like to ask you. And I know that this time won't be enough. So I'd like to invite you back again um, very soon um, to talk about some of the things. But I'd like for you to drill down a bit more um, on beauty. Um, my background's in fashion, as you know. Um, so beauty, the beauty standards, and where you feel you fit into this, and where do you see it evolving as a culture, fashion in general? Uh, and let me, let me break that, okay. bring that back. So... For a long time, the standards of what is considered, you know, with my air quotes, beautiful, is changing. And I'm glad it's changing. It's evolving. It's being much more inclusive. I think that it's a better representation of who the population of the world, of the globe, the planet is. And I think that's important, especially as younger generations come along. And I think that there's been, uh, in some cases, unfixable harm to a lot of people who have felt cast off because they didn't look a certain way. They didn't, their body wasn't a certain type or their skin color wasn't what was considered to be popular at that time. So uh, anyone who's interested in fashion and in style and quote unquote beauty mm -hmm. uh, scene, I like to ask their opinions about where they feel the industry is going and the whole cultural movement. Okay, um, I guess for me personally, I didn't grow up thinking I was beautiful. I grew up with dreadlocks, and that was in the 90s, and it wasn't a really a hit here. Um, relaxers were. I never got to wear bobos and any of those kind of things because I grew up with dreadlocks. I think I had them at, at around 5 to 17. So when you grow up like that, you're automatically typecast again as the girl with dreads or the light-skinned girl with dreads, and it's just different names and different situations, especially being... Um, going to schools where it's a it's a bit closed-minded, especially in urban areas, and it wasn't a style yet. So I didn't grow up thinking I was beautiful, and I was always um, the heavier girl. So you have dreadlocks, nobody can identify with them, they don't think you wash your hair, and then you're the heavier girl. So I'm automatically awkward. And I grow up, I don't feel comfortable, and then some of the weight starts to shed. And then dreadlocks are now a style and more accepted. So now I'm more accepted as one of the beauty standards. That's something that I had to grow into because again I was that awkward girl um, who was quiet who didn't really fit in with the spaces that even I grew up in mm -hmm. I didn't fit in with the people I went to school with um, and so then years later you have a child and you're more confident you're more womanly um, you're you're more you you stepped into the role of who you were mm -hmm. supposed to be your innate self and I I'm and because of that everything glows from the outfits you put on to your hair to your makeup to everything and it's just owning your 360 self and 
um, I'm accepted because I accept myself. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I don't really care about people's standards. I accept me, so I'm fine with that. Um, but as far as people's beauty standards, especially in the black community, it's always been a dark skin, light skin thing. And now curvy is accepted. I understand that I've always been of lighter skin, so that was a privilege, even when I didn't know it was, even when I felt like the ugly duckling, ugly duckling with dreadlocks that was heavier, it was still um, something that I had over people that I didn't understand. And so now I'm, I've never been about color. I don't I don't care what it is. If we're black, we're black. Um, our blood all runs red. That's right. Um, and it is what it is. I think as long as you accept yourself, the world we live in today, we're all about transparency and, and and being inclusive, as you mentioned before. So I think as long as you love yourself, you will always um, receive love back. And, and that's what people are looking for. People are looking for those kind of stories. I know women that are 400 pounds and they have thousands of followers and a huge platform because they promote self-love. Mm -hmm. If you can stand by your words and own your power and own who you are, the world will love you back. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's the standard of beauty and where we're at now. Mm -hmm. That's great. I'd like to ask you, black American, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and let the rabbit out of the hat a bit, or out of the bag, should I say, with what has taken place in the last several years, um, you know, with uh, law enforcement and, and the, the murders and deaths and all these different things and where we are as a country politically, having conversations with um, people, childhood friends and people I've known for decades um, who are not people of color. And I feel there's this need to explain what black America is and that I'm black America, you're black America, and, and I want you to, to share what your thoughts are about black America, but then I want you to transition it and talk about your experience outside of the country in being a person of color. Okay. Um, well, I actually just gave, um, had like an authentic convos kind of talk in uh, South Carolina, Rock Hill, South Carolina, and I was the moderator for a panel discussion on Black Lives Matter. And it was pivotal because it was my first speaking gig out of the state. And it was far away. So mm -hmm. that was exciting. Um, but there, it kind of showed me even the division between the North and the South. So mm -hmm. I only know what it is for me to be a black person in America in the Northeast. And, my, and then my experience in the Northeast um, has just been, especially I remember when I was younger, there were a lot of gangs. There was a lot of gang violence. And I remember police, the SWAT team, on my porch and like pinning down my uncle. And I remember them going through the alleyways and it was just like this crazy summer. And them just thinking that we were all thugs, but we were really outside playing. And so me having this this notion that I have to protect myself from cops and I need to make sure that I use my proper voice when I speak to them. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's instilled at, into us as young children. And it's a shame because that's fear. Um, but being black in America, um, it's different for women and it's different for men. I mean, women have been killed as well at the hands of, of, of men and at the hands of cops. Um, it's unfortunate across the boards, but I think that they, they see us as animals at times. Some people, I don't want to say all, because I have family members that are cops who are black. Um, but some of us see us as these violent criminals or uh, these angry people because that's the kind of stigma we have against us. But really, we're not. Sometimes we're, we're, we're misunderstood. Um, sometimes we're just picking up our children and waiting in a car as some of the men who have lost their lives are doing this in this year long this year alone um, but like I said the people in my tribe that I know and it's not that I have just these one you know monotone kind of people um, I have people who are colored so differently in their their education and everything and we 
collectively come together from these different spaces. And my black America is beauty. Um, it's acceptance. It's love. It's us talking. It's us hugging. We never greet each other without a hug. Um, but in any space and in any culture, you have radicals. You have people who are wayward. And it is what it is. Um, and I send them love. And I hope that one day we can all change things. But at the end of the day, we can only deal with the now. And in the now, I can only deal with myself and speak on the injustices when I see them. And what was the second question? No, I think that's perfect okay. to end up. We're just about up on a break. Can you share your contact information, Ayana? My contact information is Ayana Iman across all boards, A-Y-A-N-A-I-M-A-N. Fantastic. You're listening to the Trenton 365 show. I'm speaking with Ayana Iman, who's going to be talking about Authentic Convos, which is a series of talks and conversations that she is hosting, moderating, and participating in that are taking place in several different locations. We've got a big one coming up here at the Grounds for Sculpture in Hamilton Township on Saturday, November 5th. 5th. Yes. We'll talk more after the break. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show, and I'm your host, Jacques Howard. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You can send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com, website, trenton365.com, Facebook page, trenton365show. In the studio with me is Ayana Iman, and she is the creator of Authentic Convos. And just before the break, we've been talking about her background, her history, and how she's gotten to this point in her young life of uh, 25 years old. Um, she has achieved a lot of different things, and we're going to rehash some of those and then get into talking about her event that's coming up, Authentic Convos. So, Ayana, you've been talking a bit about your history, yes. um, about you growing up in Trenton, um, that you know, you've got your your bachelor's, your master's, your world traveled, you know, you're a single mother, you, you're open about your, your relationship issues that you had as a young person, and you're moving in this wonderful direction. You've got a bunch of people who are supportive and who are following, and you've got this wonderful audience. Talk about the experience of being a woman of color, a confident woman of color in outside of America, but specifically in England. And South Africa, too. South Africa. I've been uh, been to the Middle East, been to a few countries in Europe. Um, and in, in, in all capacities, it's always been love. Um, again, I'm an affirmations person. So one of my affirmations is that I meet people um, from all around the world and I have a, have a beautiful network. Uh, maybe not in those specific words that I put on my on my wall, but it's definitely in that capacity. And um, for instance, I was on a plane to Amsterdam um, on my way to Dubai, and on the plane to Amsterdam was an early morning flight. I met a guy who looked like Hagrid, if you've ever seen Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. um, he called himself a, a, a redneck from <laughs> Texas. Those were his words, not mine. And he was a really big, like six foot seven, big guy with a full beard. And we had a two hour conversation and literally left in hugs. And he told me about his car accident. He told me how he decides that he gets back on a bike um, because he doesn't let fear hold him down. And we had this really beautiful conversation where I actually wrote an article about my conversation with Lanny. And um, it was beautiful. And he pointed me in the direction of Anne Frank House and we left at the airport in hugs. And it was beautiful. Um, even with going to Dubai, I met a girl who was from the Midwest and she was going to a wedding in Dubai. And we're still Instagram friends. And we had a beautiful conversation in Paris, met a Filipino girl and I have Filipino people in my family. So it was just like an instant connection. And we traveled to um, the Palace of Versailles and we spent mm -hmm. the entire day together. And I said, why are you here? And she said, I'm just on a journey. And I said, me too. And I was with my daughter and we left in hugs and we still talk to this day. 
And so I'm fortunate to create these these kinds of um, impactful relationships so quickly. Um, but besides that, I, I've lived there for six months and two months, and I've been fortunate to go to the schools and just kind of see what the party life is like, um, what the life is like there. They're really big on travel. And so as a black woman, especially here and um, just kind of how I how was brought up, vacations weren't the norm. There was something that if we did it, it had to be a really big event, but it wasn't the every year we're going here. Uh, or maybe the budget just wasn't there at times. And so there, they really push their culture is to take these vacations, to go out and explore the world, and they give them the option to do so, and everybody takes it. And so for me, it was me learning that if you have a passport, that one, have your passport, to always be available to move and always be ready, like stay ready. When I got my passport, I carried it. I, I was interning in New York and I had it with me. And I was like, if you need me to go somewhere, I'm ready. And I've always just been open to experiences, open to whatever the universe has for me. And because of that, I've been able to find myself in spaces that I probably wouldn't have if I if I didn't allow life to, to just let me ride the wave. And I do that. And I think as a black woman, what you mean black people all around the world? Um, so I've been able to meet my brothers and sisters in a lot of unfamiliar spaces that you wouldn't think that you would. Um, but because I'm also open to other cultures, I'm able to meet beautiful people and have those conversations like I mentioned. Um, I also think that with groups like Travel Noir, um, Soul Society, and um, the No Madness Tribe, they're really promoting um, us being travelers, mm -hmm. us um, having a passport, something that was predominantly a white space before. We are now, um, especially the millennials, we're one of the top travelers all around the world. We're everywhere. We're hashtagging and posting where we're at because we can, because we've become the most educated bunch, especially black women are the most educated in America. Mm -hmm. We've become um, these millennials who want to seek and, and go out and find what's for us in these in these unfamiliar spaces. And we're unafraid. We're unafraid to take a plane or a train or a bus or a tuk-tuk, depending on where you're at, um, and just get out there and see the world. And I think it's our oyster. And I think it's my job and my duty to let people know to not be afraid. I have friends, especially my friends, people of color, who are afraid to get on planes. And it's unfortunate because they're missing out on life. And I'm always here to just tell them, take the step. Trust me, you'll be okay. Every God got you back, your friends got you back, and travel alone. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it actually molds and grows. I, I went to Amsterdam alone. I was completely fine. For me, it was about praying. For me, it was about um, actually understanding how much strength I had to do this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I'd like for you to drill down before we uh, just a, a bit more on the importance of traveling. And uh, getting out of your, I don't want to say just your community, but out of the country. Yes. And the importance of that. Even if you've just got to shoot to the Caribbean or you've got to go north and hit into Canada or to Mexico, just get out of the United States for a little while and yes. meet some people. Can you just drill on that um, a little bit? Well, if you if you stay in the same place, you're like a crab, and and you really have to get out of your own shell and out of your own head. A lot of people, especially I found like people who are, ironically, people who are really religious, like the people I have in my circle, some of them are afraid to travel. Um, they're afraid to travel on their own, but I find that interesting because if you have faith, then you have everything. And you should be able to do these things, but they're not. Um, I found that travel um, with my daughter when we went to Paris and England, it was therapeutic because it showed me that although I'm by myself, I have a tribe. I have my phone. I'm okay. Um, 
and we were in spaces where they didn't speak English and I had to figure it out but it teaches me to have to be nice to use those niceties of hello and graciousness and thank yous and and dotting my eyes because that's a smile is universal and that goes across the board um traveling alone it's taught me to rely on my rely on my own wit that I don't need a GPS, that I can ask questions, and um, it might be time to learn a new language because I need to be progressive and be that global citizen. Um, it's also taught me about relationships and love. I've been fortunate enough to travel with my with my boyfriend um, at the moment, and we've been able to just travel the country and document it and travel the world together, and um, just see the abundance of love and 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 black love and beauty in that and showcasing what that what that what that image looks like to other people um that love exists mm -hmm. that travel exists and that all you have to do is take a step um but i think we really need to travel and it's not about money people think it's about money there are actually layaway services like air affordable i think is what it is where you can lay away um your plane ticket mm -hmm. i don't always have the money to go but again affirmations i write down where i want to go before i go there i have affirmations that pop up on my phone um, every hour of the day starting at 6 o'clock to about 9 p.m. And they tell me where I've gone. I told myself I was going to South Africa a year before I went. It popped up when I was sitting in a, ca a cafe in Johannesburg. And I was like, you went to South Africa, Korea, and all these other places. And I'm like, wow, I'm really here. Yes. I really affirmed it. But I'm all about affirmations. Then I'm about taking the action. The action was to look into it, to Google South Africa, I mean, Johannesburg or Cape Town don't have any money for the ticket but my mindset is you're going hmm. when the money presented itself i was able to pay for it and i was able to go and i was able to enjoy myself so you really have to do that and also take the train so many people don't take the train to new places i when i was 13 i would go to um lim in new york i took fashion courses on the weekend i wanted to be a fashion editor so i was in new york roaming the streets at 13, 14, not doing anything, eating, people watching, but it gave me a sense of adventure. Mm -hmm. We're not taking enough adventures and we're being bogged down by these things called bills and everything else. But those are really chains. We're going to have bills to the day you die. Mm -hmm. And you really just need to enjoy life. Put a little a little weekend in your week, as my <laughs> uncle likes to say, um, and just try new things. Take a new road home. I've driven to Canada. I've gone to Toronto. I had a car. I had money for gas. I filled it up once. It was maybe... I put maybe invested $40 in gas, got to Toronto, had an amazing time, the best Thai food I ever had, and then drove back. I put a few miles on my car, but that's why I have a car, mm -hmm. to put miles on it, to enjoy it. And I did not have to play for a plane ticket. And I'm all about getting out there. I just I went to Pittsburgh. We drove. We had a beautiful time. There's bridges everywhere. When you walk, when you drive in, it looks like San Francisco. Mm -hmm. It's the most beautiful place ever. And I was able to build with people there and do a photo walk. And I was like, I'll come to you. I think people are so closed-minded. They say no before they say yes. They allow other people to dictate their fears before they actually step out on faith. And that's the biggest misconception that you have to do. It, it takes so much money and it takes so much time. It's really about faith and action. You have those two things, you can do all things. That's fantastic. That's, I, I'm, I'm not going to end the, the segment here, but that is a perfect way to end. With faith <laughs> and action, you can achieve and accomplish anything. Let's shift over now. Let's talk about authentic convos. Yes. Um, number one, why you came up with the concept to do it, and we'll get right into the details. Um, well, on that two-month journey while I was abroad last year, um, between February and April, I was I was in grad school. I was taking online courses, and I was home with my daughter every day. So you know, life got a little slow. I'm talking to a one year old. She can't speak back to me. 
um, you know, boyfriend's not there, my dad's at work, so I'm just sitting there and a little bit bored. None of my my friends are five hours away um, in the future, or no, in the past for me. So I'm like, who can I talk to? So I decided to go to London. I actually lived in Birmingham, three hours away, north of London. I decided to go to London for the weekend, see my uncle. I went alone because I was like, you know, as a mom, I need to have breaks and I need to be my own person. Um, and when I knew the date that I was going, I had friends, a few friends that I went to school with or a few connections. I hit them up and I put a calling out on Instagram and just said, if you know people that are in this area, let them know I want to meet. And I had about, I had a, a, a really good responses. Mm. And I think it ended up being maybe six of us actually met. We met at a Nando's um, in Covent Garden, which is in, um, it's near Piccadilly Circus, like the Times Square of London. Mm -hmm. We sat there for three hours and I got to meet these beautiful souls and we had lunch and we talked about travel. This one girl traveled to, she had like three passports and I was inspired. because I was Extra like, I wanna, pages. Yes. I was like, I want to live your life. Um, there was a Brooklyn transplant, um, a girl from Brooklyn who was there based off love, who married her husband and moved to England and had another child there and, and had other kids. And I was like, that's beautiful. Um, there was a, a blogger who was well known around the entire world and we just sat and we, and they got to meet each other and, and I got to meet them and we exchanged words. I shared it on my Instagram page and so many people from back home in Trent, in New Jersey were just like, that's beautiful. You should do that here. Uh, it's not that they couldn't have done it themselves. It's easy to, to get a group of people together, but sometimes you want to put the onus on someone else when you see that they have the power to do it. And so when I got home, I decided to create these lunches. And I was like, I didn't have a name then. It was just a meetup. I decided that this was an authentic conversation. And I took it from there. It was hashtag authentic convos. And I had a lunch in Trenton, in Philly, and in Newark. And I met about 25 beautiful souls as a result of it. It was just for women. Um, I decided that I need to formulate it a bit more. And I had my first event last August, a Women's Day Out. Then I had my, my second one in October, and it was Why Do We Travel? Again, just for women. I had a girl who was now serving in the Peace Corps, I think in Guinea, and she traveled to like 60 countries, something so crazy. She was from Philly. We met on Travel Noir. I think our photos were posted next to each other. I had one in Paris or Dubai, and she was in Paris when I had just left. And we, you know, were talking and laughing. She came home, and I found out she lived in Philly. I'm like, I'm from Trenton. And so we met, and she decided to come speak to the to the people, to the audience. She shared some major tips on how you can travel more and often and cheaply. Mm -hmm. And uh, in February, I decided that I wanted to add men to the conversation. I am all about women's empowerment and owning it, but sometimes I feel like we need to involve men in the conversation because if this is a safe space, men need to be able to hear things and to learn as well. Um, we exclude them for many reasons because sometimes we need to, but if we include them, we're able to build community. Mm -hmm. And for me, community became my purpose. So I added them to the conversation in February. Beautiful turnout. We packed the Trenton Social, which was great. And um, we had a really good panel. We talked about how to let go of fear. And uh, then my my discussion after that just happened in July, and it was how to date a creative, and it was a hundred plus people in the room, just beautiful people from all different places and disciplines, and we had a great time. And then this one this Saturday is purpose versus popularity, and I have a very dynamic panel. Mm -hmm. So let's drill down on that a little bit. So what are the particulars about Saturday's event? 
Um, well, first, I guess I'll give more background on authentic combos. Sure. Um, each convers each event is a new is a new topic and new thought leaders, and it's a platform per for it's a platform for purposeful conversation, and it's panel style. So it's a meet and greet the first hour, hour and a half. Then it's a panel discussion set with the topic that I said, and um, the panelists lead the discussion. I'm the moderator. I jump in when I need to, um, but my purpose is to really serve. So I try to let the people talk. Um, this event started for me to meet friends, but it changed and transformed to something else, which was purpose. And my purpose is to serve others. So I bring people together from different disciplines to share tips and for us to learn from each other. Because the Q&A is where we're able to talk back. We're able to share. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm in communications. That's what I have my master's degree in. So I understand the fundamentals of communication are not just um, talking. It's also listening. It's also nonverbals. So I'm very big on people being focused in with their nonverbals. Um, if you're going to use your phone, use your phone. I hope you're recording. But also listen. Also chime in. And if you heard something that you don't think was right, speak. Because sometimes what the, the, the messenger sent out wasn't what they intended. Mm -hmm. So we are all able to share in the Q&A portion. And it's the most beautiful part of the conversation. And that's how we end. Um, but yes, the Saturday's event, Purpose versus Popularity, I have a seven-person panel. It's one of the biggest panels that I've probably ever seen. And it's one of my biggest panel. Um, but I confirm people at different times. And I realize that we are so unique in our own spaces. And there is so much power. There, there will be so much power in that room. I have to share the platform. Because it's a chance for them to get to know each other as panelists. Um, and we can serve at a, at a bigger capacity in such a beautiful space that's sponsored by Grounds of Sculpture. Mm -hmm. And my job is to help pe bring people of color to this space that is an institute in our in our area, but not a lot of people from the community go. So it's my chance to kind of show them and open the doors to them to let them know that they are inclusive, that you don't have to spend $30 to go to New York and sit in Central Park, but you can have a picnic on a beautiful grass and a beautiful campus and a beautiful grounds of Grounds of Sculpture right here in town and spend in, at a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. And um, also just bringing people from all over the spectrum, all over Jersey, Philly, New York, and us to just kind of have this really intimate conversation. Not really intimate because it's going to be a good crowd, but intimate as far as you can feel safe to speak here. I made sure I set the tone of the room before I even get there. Mm -hmm. From my marketing to sending personal emails, personal invites, um, to just telling people that you're going to be okay when you get here. And I'll make sure that you're comfortable. Mm -hmm. And just reaffirming the love that will be there. Mm -hmm. What are some of your expectations um, from your panel mm -hmm. and then the audience? One, just it being very vibrant. I, I, I feel like we're going to be working at a high, a high um, vibrancy, um, a high vibration I think that when I'm going to bring out such dynamic people just in looks and fashion and um, beauty and aura, um, I don't believe in ugly attitudes. So everybody that comes is beautiful. Um, that's just the kind of dynamics that I, that, I, that I actually bring out. And I'm proud of that because I'm very open about what to expect. And I always promote love. If you can't promote that then you can miss it if you'd like because I need people to come to feel safe. I need them to feel included. And there's a lot of spaces that people aren't included in. Um, and this is a space that you can feel safe in. Um, the space is beautiful. That's the first thing. I want people to be wowed and awed by the beauty of the space. I want people to be wowed and, and awed by what the people on the panel are doing. I have people that are 
that are creating magazines specifically catered to like black girl magic i have a, a guy who's um who's focused on a safe space for black men all around the country i have a woman whose byline is across the country i have um dynamic women um, who are Nigerian, who are owning their culture, but also owning the fact that they are professors and makeup artists. I have a male, Reggie Walker, who is from Trenton, New Jersey, who is an EOF counselor, who has his master's, who's working on his PhD, who's from the section. Mm -hmm. and, and we're both from the same place. And every time we get together, we rep Trenton hard. And I have an another guy who teaches people Who's a who's a professor, but who is the founder and creator of Trill or not or not Trill, who is going across America, spreading his light through hip hop and teaching people that I can I'm a rapper, I'm a poet, but I am here to educate at the end of the day. And he's doing it in a way that's authentic to himself. And so I'm bringing all these people from different discipline on one panel. I decide. I've decided to not have people from the same discipline because I want people to see the human. And the human is that we're complicated, we're complex. We don't all like the same things. We don't mm -hmm. all do the same things. And if we bring people together from across the spectrum and have this one conversation, we're able to hear exactly what they have to say. So maybe she might be able to talk to you, but he can't. Or he can't, but she can. Or we all can. And um, I just want people to walk away a little lighter. I want people to walk away feeling like I'm so happy that I came. And I want people to walk away feeling like they met a new friend. My vibrations are high. <laughs> I, I, I love the way that you, you just, it was so eloquent the way you put that all together. And you formulated it in a way where I could actually see it and feel it. And I'm sure the rest of the people in the audience are as well. Um, some more details about the actual event on Thursday, or excuse me, on Saturday, Saturday the 5th of November mm -hmm. at Grounds for Sculpture. What time, ticket information, etc. Yes. So it starts, it's from 4 to 7. Um, Grounds for Sculpture, we partnered together. So every ticket includes access to Grounds for Sculpture. Um, which is amazing because you get the space and you also get to venture through just just and be wowed by what's on the grounds. There's so much art and beauty there. Um, the panel discussion, the Q&A, um, we're giving away things such as hors d'oeuvres and we have a photo booth going. We have just, um, just things to keep you entertained. Um, you can find tickets at AuthenticConvosHamilton.Eventbrite.com. So again, it's AuthenticConvosHamilton.Eventbrite.com. Or if you follow me across all social networks, you'll be able to get the link as well. It's in all my bios. Um, yeah, so we're, we're expecting over 125 people, um, all different age groups. I actually don't discriminate. I'm not an ageist um, or a sexist, so I encourage men to come as well as women. My women always show up. <laughs> but I'm really pushing men to come because I want them to understand that this isn't um, you don't need to feel scared. You don't need to feel like I'm trying to emasculate you or I'm trying to push something down your throat. We really are, are pushing for a real conversation. I cannot say what the panelists will say. It's whatever they put out there. I just know it's going to be good. Um, also, we it's just it's, an, it's a good event. You're going to come. You're, I hope that you feel free to snap, to Instagram it, to tweet about it. You're going to walk away with some tweetables. You're going to walk away with some good quotes. Um, yeah, so you'll be in a, a safe space, and mm. you'll be able to feel really good. The music will be good, I believe, in setting the vibes. So this time we have a DJ, but either way, the playlist is always lit, and um, I'm all about setting the tone as soon as you walk in. That's fantastic. Now, uh, in addition to Authentic Convos um, and your life coach, 
um, practice that you're about to launch. Mm -hmm. What else are you working on? What else am I working on? I actually just published a book. It's called All That Matters, a book about families. Um, and so it's about families, not for families, because I want to be inclusive of all people. So even if you don't have children, I would like for you to read it. It's illustrated by Tommy Key, who's also a Trentonian. And we actually met at Keene University. And so this is a love project between both of us. And it's a book dedicated um, to my daughter, Ayo. And it's just showcasing us. It's showcasing being a single mom. It's showcasing um, same-sex relationships. It's, it's showcasing... Um, fatherhood, a single fatherhood, is showcasing the grandparents taking care of the child. It's showcasing just beauty. It's, it's, it's showing people of di um, from diverse cultures. Um, it's inclusive of everyone. And I did that for the purpose of, although I own being a black woman, I also own being in America. I also own being a global citizen. And it was important for me to showcase um, different families because at the end of the day, all that matters is love. So all th my family might not look like yours, but it doesn't mean that I lacked anything. It doesn't mean that I lacked love. It doesn't mean that I lacked um, a foundation. And so it was important for me to show Ayo, because our family doesn't look like some other people's families, that at the end of the day, I love you. At the end of the day, I will do for you as best I could. And I will always give you what you need. And um, yeah, so I put it on paper. I took that action. It's a two year. It's over two years for me. Um, but it was a year in the making with Tommy as far as getting the photos right, getting our images right. And I'm very excited about it. And so it's for purchase, um, ebook and an actual physical book. It's a really good copy. And I published it through Blurb. So this is my first published work, uh, but it won't be the last. I'm definitely working on a series, um, Adventures of Mommy and Ayo. Um, but if you follow our hashtag, Mommy Ayo, you see we go on quite a few adventures. Um, and not just that, it's just about showcasing everyday life. And that single motherhood does not mean that I have to deal with any drama mm -hmm. um, in regards to my relationships or that I accept it either. And so I'm just showcasing who I am, what I am, and that together, me and Ayo, we grow together. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we're at. Mm -hmm. And you've given a wonderful synopsis of your whole life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how you grew up, um, some of the challenges, some of the positive things that you've experienced, what you're doing now, and the fact that you're passing this on to your, to your daughter. Mm -hmm. And it's all fantastic. What would you like to say to the other women and men who are in similar situations who may not have the same perspective or the same energy or spirit that you have? How would you encourage them? Um, well, one, I would say it's all about positioning. Um, I had this question maybe a few days ago where people said people can read the same things or do the same things you do, but they might not have the same transformations. And I said it's all about positioning. And for me, I position myself to have that transformation. Um, the first start was going to counseling. I was like, I know that I want to constantly break a cycle. Um, the books I read were all gears, geared towards pouring into myself. I needed certain knowledge. Um, the positioning of my friends, I trim the fat. If they don't serve me, if the things that I'm doing no longer serve me, then I have to trim the fat. It's all about positioning. So I would let anybody who is going through a transitional period in their life to position themselves for success, whether it's um, through the success of breaking a cycle of, of loveless relationships or breaking a cycle of poverty, and that includes the mindset, you have to position, position yourself to do that and also be open, be open to what the universe gives you, be open to failing. If you fail, that's okay, but you have to take the action to get back up. 
um, like I said, through faith and action, you can do all things. But I have three um, three A's of change, and it's to affirm, align, and activate. So one, you must affirm affirm what you want. Affirm it to your highest self. So although I wasn't always a strong, confident woman, I first put I am love, and I am a strong woman. I did that because I wasn't, but I knew that that's who I wanted to be. So I affirmed it until I became her, until I owned her. I was always I was always her, but it was something I had to affirm and, and, and take control of. And then you align. You align your thoughts in your space with that affirmation. I can't be a strong, confident woman if the people in my space don't serve to that capacity. So I trend them out. And then it's to activate. And with activation, you, you take action. And no, any and I always say this, that any affirmation without action produces no results. So if you don't take the action to produce that affirmation, then it's dead. It, it's not going to do anything. But if you affirm yourself, you get your mindset right and your space right, and then you take the action because you have to always work off faith. You have to have that affirmation there because that's what you're working towards. If you take action, but you don't have an end goal, um, you're just going to always be taking action and doing the same thing over and over, and that's crazy making. So you really need to, to hone in where you're at, to own where you're at, to tell your truth, um, and to understand that through faith, faith and action, you can get through anything. Fantastic. The dynamic mother, author, blogger, moderator, life coach, yes. world traveler, mm. Ayana Iman. Thank you so much for Thank your you. time on the show. You promise you'll come back? Yes, of course. Fantastic. Uh, more information can be found on Trenton365.com. The archive of this interview will be there as well. But I encourage you to go to the website or at least through social media platforms. A-Y-A-N-A-I-M-A-N through all social media platforms. You can find more information there. And the event's taking place on this Saturday, November 5th, Grounds for Sculpture, Authentic Convos. You've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. Have a great night, and we'll talk next week. Yay.